ಸಹನಾವತು ಸಹನೋ ಭುನಕ್ತು ಸಹ ವೀರ್ಯಂ ಕರವಾವಹೈ ತೇಜಸ್ವಿನಾವಧೀತಮಸ್ತು ಮಾವಿದ್ವಿಷಾವಹೈ May the Lord protect us both, teacher and the taught, together by revealing knowledge. May the Lord protect us both by giving us the results of knowledge. May we attain vigor together. Let what we study be illuminating. May we not cavil at each other. Om, peace, peace, peace. So, we are studying the Kato Upanishad and uh, we were on the 24th verse. Yes. We all know what's been happening. The little boy Nachiketa has got, gone to the house of death and because he had to wait for Yama, the god of death, for three days, three nights, um, Yama gives him, grants him three boons to make up for making him wait. And Nachiketa asks for three boons. Of course, we know the final one is the one we are interested in, the knowledge of the self, uh, spiritual knowledge. But first, he asks that his father's anger go away, that, that his worldly affairs be settled. His father no longer be mad at him, that he can go back to the world and his father would love him once again. He's a little boy, so that these are things important to him. And he wants that to be settled first. The second boon, he says that um, heaven, how can we go to heaven? All the people I see around me are interested in these kinds of rituals. So what's the best ritual? And Yama teaches him that. And Najiketa learns that Yama blesses him also, that in the times to come, this particular ritual, the fire sacrifice will be known as, known by your name, Najiketa Agni, by your name. And that's, that's there, that actually happened. I mean, in the sense that there is such a ritual. And then we come to the, um, the point of the Kato Upanishad, the knowledge about the self, who am I or what am I? Um, before I go on, you know, this question, who am I, what am I? Actually, the question is, what am I? Uh, we often say, who am I? And I, I also say that, and that's good, but it can be misunderstood. Who am I means who as a person am I? And especially in this day and age in this country, who am I? Am I a musician? Am I a, um, you know, a writer? Um, am I a good person or a bad person? I'm talking about the person here. Who am I? That's not the, the quest. What am I ultimately? What's the nature of this person? This, uh, is it only a body, a body-mind, or there is some eternal reality here? That's the quest. That's the one which will free us. Um, so he asked this question, and he asks it in this way, that we know about death that is certain, you are the Lord of death. What lies beyond death? Now, he's not exactly asking that after death, do we continue to exist or not? That he sort of believes in. Otherwise, he wouldn't have asked about heaven. That was the culture he was brought up in. Everybody believed that there was an afterlife. But afterlife, some kind of continuation of this kind of life, even that's very limited. That's not very satisfying. This continuous coming and going, even the best kind of heavenly enjoyments, all of that is limited. Is there some ultimate satisfaction? If there is some ultimate solution to this problem of life, um, some answer to the mystery of all of this, what is all this, what's going on? Is there some 
um, real answer to all of this. That's what he's asking. Or uh, more precisely, physical body dies that everybody knows. Beyond the physical body is the subtle body, which comes and goes, which takes birth in physical bodies and which goes away at the death of the physical body, which goes to heavens and hells and uh, is born and reborn. He's not asking about that either. Beyond the subtle body, and we will ignore the causal body for the time being, beyond all of that, beyond all the bodies, is the real self, Atman. He's asking about that. His question is about that. Yama does not answer, although he, is, uh, he has promised that he will give him whatever boon he asks for. But Yama hesitates. He holds back. Not on purpose, not that he is unwilling to give. He is most happy. We'll see later on. He is very delighted with Najiketa as a student. But he wants to make sure that Najiketa is fit. Why? Because if one is not fit, all this teaching will not be effective. It will not take hold, so to say. It will not be assimilated. So he wants to see if Nachiketa is fit. And one of the qualifications for fitness is, how intense is your search? Do you really want to know this? And Nachiketa persists. No, this is what I want to know. And the other qualification for fitness is, all the other things that the world presents before you, all the enjoyments of this world and the next world, all the possibilities of life as a limited sentient being, you know, as a body-mind, as this person. And many possibilities are there. So all of this he displays, as it were, in a supermarket. You know, All of this you could have. Najiketa, have you thought about it, what you're asking? Instead of that, look what this world offers. You are a young boy. You don't know. You can be learned. You can live a long life. You can have many uh, children and grandchildren. You can be enormously rich. You can be enormously powerful. You can rule over kingdoms. Um, you can have, you can be wealthy and the master of all enjoyment. He says, I will make you the master of all, fulfill all your desires. Whatever desires you have, ask, give me a Christmas shopping list, super Black Friday and whatnot. I will fulfill all of that as part of this one boon. You don't have to ask for these things separately. Everything, I'm giving you a blank check as far as this universe is concerned. How about that? Ask for that. And we should really, you know, use this as a filter for us. Do we pass this test? Can we go through this filter? Or are we going to get caught in this net? Suppose someone offers us millions of dollars and uh, a long life and a healthy life and a wonderful family life with children and grandchildren who will all do well. They will all be long lived and all. Now, he says, none of them will die before you. There'll be no tragedies in life, big tragedies in your life. Yeah, at the end of it all, you'll die and it'll all be, be over. But as far as this life is concerned, you can design a designer life. You can design a life for yourself. And I will, I can have the power to grant it. And you will get it. Think about it. And then he must have noticed that Nachiketa doesn't seem too, too convinced. <clears throat> now he goes on. He says, all right, there is more to this universe than what you know. There is more to it than what you see. There are heavens which are attainable after death. And there are these extraordinary experiences you can have in heaven. And I'm going to give them to you here. Uh, what about that? So that's the next thing he's offering. He has offered whatever this world can give, whatever we can think of in human life. Now he's offering something higher. 
something more um, even better. If the what is it Costco and all it if that doesn't satisfy you everything Costco now please come I can show you Fifth Avenue all these shops are there and. Uh, uh, the highest fashions, best brands and all, all are available. You don't have to pay for it. I'll give them all to you. So what is that higher thing? The Fifth Avenue stuff. It's now coming next. 25th verse. 25th mantra. Ye ye kama durlabha matyaloke sarvan kaman chandata prathayasva ima rama saratha saturya Whatever things there be that are desirable but difficult to get, pray for all of those cherished things according to your choice. Here are these women with chariots and musical instruments. Such are surely not to be had by mortals. With these who are offered by me, you get yourself served. O Nachiketa, do not inquire about death. So what is he offering here? Let me just uh, add a little explanation about what was the conception of heaven and heavenly pleasures. Um, the details, if you want, they are in another Upanishad, which will come to eventually in Taittiriya Upanishad, in the second uh, chapter of the Taittiriya Upanishad, eighth section, it's called Ananda Mimamsa, a, a calculus of joy, a calculus of happiness. So, there, what they say is, think of the maximum happiness in order to teach us what is Ananda, you know, Satchid Ananda, existence, consciousness, bliss. So, in order to talk about what is Ananda in Brahman, that the ultimate spiritual uh, bliss. So, what is bliss itself? Think about happiness, fulfillment, pleasure. And since we need to think about that, we need a unit. To measure things, you need units, like meters and uh, miles and things like that. So, what about, you know, kilograms or pounds? So, how do you measure happiness? Think about the maximum possible happiness a human being can get. And the Upanishad helps us. Imagine a young person who is so young to be really happy. I can see a lot of elderly people going boo, you know, <laughs> uh, turning thumbs down. No, unfortunately, that is the truth that uh, you need to be young to be sort of, uh, you know, like happy easily. All the things which are naturally taken for granted when you are young, it take a lot of effort even to maintain it at some passable level, physically, mentally, and all of that when you are much older. Um, Bill Conrad, you know, he, he's 97, he keeps telling me, uh, old age is not for sissies, Swami. <laughs> so young, to be happy, you need to be young. And then, not only young, it's no use being uh, uh, young, but if you're sick. So this person is very strong, very vigorous, um, full of enthusiasm, uh, really, uh, really, uh, you know, vigorous young person, strong young person, healthy young person. But that's also no good if you're poor. So this person is rich, but enormously rich. Upanishad says, think of the wealth of the world um, at his disposal. So you are 
you're born into a family of billionaires or something like that. Or what do they call trust fund babies? So there's a trust fund baby, suppose. We have got huge amount of money. And then it's no use if you are young and very strong and a lot of money, but if the person is stupid or uneducated, you know, like, so this person is highly educated. The Upanishad says this, highly educated, Adhyayaka. He's got all the Ivy League education and so on and so forth and whatever you can think of, the best kind of education. And Sadhu Syad is a good person, is a noble person, has the best of intentions to use all that wealth and energy and education to do good to people. Now he says, imagine the happiness of such a person. Rarely such a person comes along in any generation. Now imagine the happiness of such a person. That's the maximum you can think of. That is one level of happiness. One unit of happiness. One. Is there more than that? So the, the ritualistic portion of the Vedas tell us there is more happiness than that. There are superior beings in this universe. You are not aware of, but it is possible. How do you get more happiness? Three things. Um, sharira, Vishaya, Loka. Sharira, Vishaya, Loka. You need an adequate body for enjoying more happiness. There is more happiness in these higher realms called heavens, but the human body cannot um, take that kind of happiness. The human body would die. It's like passing a million volt current through something that it cannot withstand it. So you have a superior body. I guess something like Superman or something like that, Spider-Man, I don't know, like a superhero body. You have higher bodies. And these things which you enjoy in this world, the food and drink and music, these are gross. These are uh, actually low grade, poor quality. There are much higher quality things to be enjoyed in the heavens, extraordinary things to be enjoyed. So the Vishaya, object of enjoyment is also much superior. And finally, uh, loka, the environment where you're enjoying, that is also much superior. That also depends. Happiness depends on the environment. You can have a, um, you know, like a cup of coffee on a cart outside in on on Broadway, you know, one of those, uh, uh, you know, the carts which sell food, and you can queue up there in cold and have a cup of coffee, or you can have the same cup of coffee in, um, you know, what is the hotel Marriott? Uh, so some five-star hotel or something like that. Why is that so much better? Because the loka, the environment is much better. So it, three things will determine your, uh, the level of your pleasure, your satisfaction. Body, a much better body, better model. And then uh, uh, vishaya, objects of enjoyment, much superior. And finally, the environment for enjoyment. And these, the Upanishad says, there are multiple grades. There are superior and superior bodies. And the Upanishad gives a list of what possible bodies you can think about in the afterlife, after death. You get these supernatural bodies, which are called uh, heavenly, uh, not heavenly bodies, the people <laughs> mistake it for stars and planets. No, but um, I guess superior grades of bodies, superior grades of enjoyable objects and superior environments. So there are different locus, multiple levels of heavens they speak about. And how do you go that? Go there. You need punya, you need credit. What kind of credit? Karma credit. You need to have lots of good karma. For that, you need to have 
led a moral life and you need to have been a uh, pious person who has devote who has performed many uh, vedic rituals which will give you all that and you can go to these heavens and there are of multiple levels and the taittiriya upanishad speaks of a hundred times the enjoyment of the maximum human enjoyment remember that that young rich healthy good uh, highly educated person a uh, hundred times that enjoyment is possible in the lowest heaven and a hundred times of that in the next higher heaven and a hundred times of that in the next higher heaven all the names of the heavens are given the kinds of bodies you may expect those are described or given in the uh, ananda mimamsa taittiriya upanishad and then finally you go to the the brahma loka where you are brahma the you can that's the highest one can aspire for in the vedic scheme of things the idea of the like literally it's literally the seventh heaven you talk about seventh heaven and if you count the seven lokas it is the seventh heaven literally interesting i don't know where it this uh, concept came from and there the enjoyment that you get i sat and calculated so it is 10 to the power 20 of the maximum possible human happiness you can dream of 10 to the power 20 if you try to conceive of it you will pro- probably get a stroke now that much range of pleasure and enjoyment is promised by the ritualistic portions of the vedas and that's what now the uh, yama is going to offer uh, nachiketa so that's what he's offering remember these are worldly pleasures and those are other worldly pleasures but they are still pleasures they are still things of i am a in limited being and increasing my happiness more and more happiness that's it you will see nachiketa is so incisive he points out the defects of all of this next so what is uh, yama offering he says ye ye kama durlabha matya loke in this mortal world human world the things which are impossible to get i promised you whatever you can get in, the, in this world uh, money power children and grandchildren long life uh, wealth but there is something much higher than all of this superior now i have often thought the lowest heaven is described as the karma gandharva lowest but what is it like these are supposed to be celestial beings who are musicians artists imagine i actually read about the the great composer uh, beethoven i think who became deaf and yet he could hear music in his mind and of a much higher grade than people who would hear the actual physical music with their ears and he could keep on composing imagine that kind of capacity not just for music for art for literature or any kind of of the higher uh, creative you know uh, endeavors of humanity imagine the life that one could have if one could be immersed in that kind of superior activity and that's supposed to be the lowest possible heaven so he says sarvan kaman chandata prarthayasva all those extraordinary things enjoyments millions of times uh, more intense than what you get in human life ask for them chandata as you wish in uh, in sequence ask one after the you give me a list a checklist i'll pay for you it's like amazon prime gift card i'm giving you endless gift card you buy whatever you like on amazon prime but this is heavenly amazon prime 
ஒன்றுமெண்ட்ஸ் and sarata means chariots in those days they could think of chariots so you will get your the best heavenly suvs and what not possible all of that you get nahi drisha lambhaniya manushye you will is an impossible for mere mortals to experience abhir mat pratap those with these gifts given to you freely by me all in one boon enjoy use them for your enjoyment get yourself Uh, satisfied served by them but only one condition don't ask me about the mystery of death what lies beyond death maranam manuprakshi what an exchange uh, in exchange of uh, boring vedanta classes after all what is nasiketa asking he is asking about vedanta in exchange for boring vedanta classes you are going to get this uh, lifelong party so, so who wouldn't Uh, agree to it in you know straight away no no you see little deeper understanding of what what is nachiketa asking why nachiketa will reject all this because ananda bliss the freedom of this bliss jivan mukti is freedom while living that's what nachiketa actually ultimately wants what is the nature of this freedom he also wants happiness but he is deep enough profound enough to see that this happiness true happiness does not is not conditional what do i mean by conditional you see it's like this there's a deeper meaning to this this is if you think about it this way it's how interesting i want happiness you want happiness we all want happiness but the moment you say i want happiness um from this person you know from husband wife children then you have made your happiness conditional yes i want happiness but it has to come through husband wife children then what has happened is you don't want happiness you want husband wife children if you make it conditional it has to come through that i have this feeling it is here and it has to come through that you have the moment you say happiness is here with this person you have tied yourself to that person you have invested your happiness in that person it's no longer free it's not jivan mukti the happiness is not free anymore it has become conditional on that person happiness must come through money yes i want happiness but through money i have to be rich to be happy you have made happiness conditional on wealth you want wealth not happiness somewhere you see there is some deep psychological mistake we are making we are limiting our happiness making it conditional on wealth on pleasure on persons no matter who friends man woman children making it conditional on that the moment you have made yourself conditional your happiness conditional you, it's no longer free that thing now has power over you more wealth you will feel i will get more happy you never will because there is no happiness there there is no happiness in wealth 
There's no happiness in husband, in wife, in children, in friends, no happiness. But we have made the deep mistake of thinking happiness is fair. And now we have tied ourselves to those things and we have given them power over our happiness. And that will make you unhappy. This is the nature of bondage where you have given up your happiness to things in the world. When you free your happiness from things in the world, what is things in the world? Anatma, not self. Other than you. It could be persons. It could be places. It could be money. It could be um, jobs. It could be uh, praise. It could be fame. It could be likes on Facebook. All of these things, if I've sold my happiness to them, I have uh, um, you know, kept my happiness in their power, they're going to make me unhappy. And it's so unnecessary because the happiness is actually not theirs. It's my happiness. It comes from the self, from the Atman. The Taittiriya Upanishad ultimately proves that. It's not in the human happiness. It's not in heavenly happiness. Not even the Brahmas 10 to the power 20 happiness. All of that, it comes from you, the, the, the self. So what is Najiketa actually asking? And why he rejects all this? The deep philosophical meaning of all this is that all of these, what he is proposing, Yamaraja, is making happiness conditional. You are saying, my happiness depends on children and grandchildren. My happiness depends on a long life. My happiness depends on power. My happiness depends on money. No, I don't agree. You are saying, my happiness depends on going to heaven. No, I don't agree. This is what Nachiketa will say. Freeing your happiness from the not-self is Jivan Mukti, freedom. My happiness is independent of anything in the universe. My happiness is not sold to the universe. From whom? Now I will go around with a begging bowl. Give me happiness. To whom? Oh husband, oh wife, oh children, give me happiness. Oh grandchildren, give me happiness. You're asking for trouble. Oh, boss, give me happiness. Oh, Facebook likes, give me happy. Social media, give me happiness. No, you're asking for serious trouble. You have sold your happiness to them. Nachiketa doesn't want that. He wants, yes, I want all the happiness you're promising, but I don't want them under the condition of what you're saying from these things which you're giving me. This, this is the, the great uh, trick that Maya plays on us, the great hoax. It convinces you, your happiness is not your happiness. It is in these things. The more you get of this, the more happy you will be. Najiketa wants to free his happiness from these conditions. He's not against happiness. He wants all of it and much more, but not from these people, from these, uh, the, the list of things which Yama is showing him. That's the deep, profound thing about it. He wants freedom. From what? He wants to free his happiness from this. He wants to free his knowledge from particular knowledges. That I am consciousness itself. Therefore, I'm free of all kinds of ignorance. He wants to be free of the fear of coming and going. This earth and heaven and hell. This forever, this circle of birth and death. Freedom from that. The ignorance which traps me in this body and mind. Freedom from that. The suffering 
of various kinds, freedom from that. How will knowledge of uh, Vedanta give him that freedom? Because I have that freedom, because I am Sat Chit Ananda, because I am Sat, infinite being, I am actually free of the cycle of birth and death, the, the fear of coming and going. Because I am Chit, ever shining, um, choicelessly shining, conditionlessly shining consciousness, infinite consciousness. Therefore, I am forever free of the darkness of ignorance. Because I am of the nature of Ananda, unlimited Ananda. Therefore, forever I am free of all those villains in the form of the thousand and one things which Yama is promising. Those who are promising me, come, come here, I will give you happiness. I am free of all of them because my happiness is mine, infinite happiness. It's not yours. That is Jivan Mukti. That's why self-knowledge, because you are Satchidananda. If you can know that, then you have it. You are free. You are free of the fear of birth and death. You are free of the fear of ignorance. You are free of the fear of sorrow. Forever. That's what Nachiketa is asking. Nachiketa. Shankaracharya says beautifully, he says at this point, Nachiketa listened to all of that carefully. And he, Shankaracharya says, Nachiketa was like a vast lake. What is this vast lake example? Um, Sri Ramakrishna used this example for Vivekananda. He says in our village, we have seen there are little ponds. Pukur in Bengali means pond. The place where Sri Ramakrishna was born is called Kamar Pukur, the pond of the Kamars. There are a lot of ponds in Bengal. But a few of them are huge. They're called Digi. They're, they're huge uh, they're lakes, large lakes. So he says, in a pond, if an elephant enters a pond, all the water splashes out. It's all muddy and it's a mess. But if that elephant walks into this one of these vast lakes, there's hardly a ripple. It makes no difference to the lake if an elephant walks into it. So he, uh, you, the spiritual seeker, has to be like this vast lake. Nachiketa is like this vast lake. Shankaracharya says, Nachiketa, who was like this vast lake, he replied to Yama, the lord of death. Look at the reply of this little boy to all this temptation. Shobhava matyasya yadanta kaitat sarvindriyanam jarayanti teja api sarvam jivitam alpameva O death, ephemeral are these, and they waste away the vigor of all the organs that a man has. All life without exception is short indeed. Let the vehicles be yours, let the dances and songs be yours. You see how cheeky this boy is. Yama offered him this entire list of wonderful things. Nasiketa says, keep your song and dance. And yes, the SUVs also. You keep the keys to the SUV. I don't want any of this. I want to know what am I? I want to know the mystery of death. Answer that question. So I'll just uh, go over this verse. It's such a beautiful verse. Why is it important for us? Because this, this shows Nachiketa's fitness. What was the fitness? In sincere inquiry, the desire to be free, mumukshuttam, that already Nachiketa has shown. And also now he is showing the vairagya, the viveka, the discernment between the eternal and the non-eternal. The entire range of non-eternal joys has been set out before him. 
worldly and otherworldly by uh, yama who can give it to all of this he can immediately instantly grant all this anachiketa has a discrimination has the discernment to see all this is non eternal and there is the eternal joy or bliss is the self the self knowledge he has the dispassion also the strong vairagya i don't want any of this so he is going to say this now shobhava mattasya yadantaketa the way he um, addresses yama oh instead of saying yama he says antaka mattasya yadantaka the one who brings mortal worlds and lives to an end you you are the culprit i am rejecting all this which is being offered by you because of you you bring everything to an end swami vivekananda says this very poignantly he says death comes for all of us um saints die sinners die emperors die paupers die the learned die and so do the ignorant everybody dies death comes from it's it's inevitable nasiketa says oh you the ender of of worlds mattasya yada yad antaka he says shobhava he uses the word whether or not these things will remain the next day next moment we have no idea none of the things we are promising they are all none of them are permanent none of them are stable so whether it will be here today or tomorrow we don't know whether i will be here today or tomorrow i don't know why because of you you will bring it to an end even if you promise me long life and you do give me long life one day you will come for me and that will be the last day of my life and he is very clear about this all these desires are shobhava shankaracharya says in his commentary shobhavishyanti na bhavishyanti vaiti sandihamara whether these things will be there or i will be there tomorrow or not nothing husband wife children grandchildren money um, status fame health life itself tomorrow itself will it be there or not we don't know we don't think about it that's how normal ordinary life goes on we think about it um somebody swami vivekananda recommended meditation on death to one of his disciples and the disciple said but it will make us depressed swami ji paused for a moment and considered it and he said yes only initially then you'll be set free you'll be free of the fear of death it is doubtful shobhava whether tomorrow it will be there or not doubtful not only that not only death that will all come to an end surely and when it will come to an end also we don't know there's no guarantee and even when it is there make make uh, hey while the sun shines make merry you have got some time enjoy life um you live only once yolo so enjoy enjoy life now he says sarvendriyani jarayanti sarvendriyani jarayanti teja sarvindriyanam jarayanti teja all the senses sensory powers they decline very fast the capacities for enjoyment are very limited 
some people can enjoy life a little more some a little less but even those who can enjoy this limited so i vivekananda says who among you can eat with the same gusto as a dog have you seen when you give the uh, food a dish the food to the, the dog how the dog jumps upon it how eagerly um, i remember in the uh, ashram in, in santa barbara so mata ji had this little dog who i said how devoted he is to you look the little dog was always staring with great devotion at mata ji mata ji said no no not to me he is waiting for the treat this is so anybody who has a dog knows that they are waiting for the treat they like you they love you of course but the main thing is the treat so i vivek anta says who among you can eat with the same gusto as food and as it goes for food for every kind of enjoyment i remember when we were little kids there is a, the latest technology at that time was video cassette player and uh, that also of course our parents did not have but you are allowed in those days you could hire it from shops and there were video cassettes in video all those things have gone technology has gone ahead much further but then you could so we were allowed after our examination to see a movie for one day so the video cassette player would be brought to the house for one day and we would have our choice of movies to see for one day and i remember how much i packed in because the it will be sent off on the next day so i saw so many movies till my eyes were blurry so one of my teachers school teachers asked me how many movies did you say i see i said three or four or something each of them two or three hours he said are you a human being or an animal <laughs> how <laughs> only, only animals consume like that i still remember that it's exactly what nachiketa is saying all our sensory powers even the powers of the animals are also limited sarvendriyanam jarayanti teja their powers decline somerset mom's beautiful line if you single mindedly pursue pleasure very soon you will find nothing pleasing anymore and so all those who continuously party here in manhattan or in hollywood you know los angeles and all they they realize this very soon that they get all of that enjoyment goes away and all of that is ultimately very little and he says he says yadetat sarvendriyanam tejas jarayanti apakshayanti uh, what you lose if you like if i indulge in pleasures sensuous pleasure pleasures are lot food drink making merry party says bhoga anarthavevaite dharma virya pragya tejo yasha pravritinam shapaitritvat shankaracharya wants right as you indulge your pleasures you lose morality you lose ethical life dharma virya you lose the vigor the sheer power of your prana it's being wasted and scattered in a hundred different directions um pragya knowledge is lost literally becoming stupid the more you end, end, engage in sense pleasures um teja um, the the brightness in, literally you can see the brightness go out of a person's face um yasha fame all your reputation will be destroyed pravriti and all all good things in life the more you indulge in sense pleasures um, they will leave you fast and nachiketa says this is what you are promising me 
சர்வேந்திரியாணாம் ஜரயந்தி தேஜ் எஸ் பத் ஹெவன் for thousands of years you can go to heaven and enjoy life i'm promising you that also that is what um, yama uh, he he told in this uh, earlier verse rajiketa says api sarvam jeevitam alpameva all of that is too little even the life of the gods in heavens with thousands of times more pleasure than ordinary human beings with better loka environments with better vishaya uh, good goods to be enjoyed you know fifth avenue stuff and with better sh- uh, sharira Um, superior bodies to enjoy these things sarvam alpameva all that is too little too little once it is over it's too little too late um they say there's a saying that one of the greatest tragedies is to be a god in these heavens because when your karma is fulfilled is karma is exhausted you kshine punye matya lokam vishanti the gita says once your good karma is exhausted you are expelled once your credit is no good all these uh, big hotels and night clubs and bars they will expel you and then back from there this this god they say uh, like they fall from heaven crying alas alas ha ha kar alas alas they fall because they can see the contrast between where they are going to end up in this world and what they have been enjoying so the, it's like the story of the billionaire who lost his money and was only down to the last few millions and he committed suicide he couldn't bear the thought of being so poor of having only a few million dollars so it's like the best human life in comparison to the pleasures of heaven it seems full of suffering and misery and too short so they fall from the heavens crying alas alas and he's he's saying that all of that is too little in the end it will be too little and too late He says, Yad Brahmano api jeevitam ayuhu alpameva. Even Brahma, the creator of the universe, not God, the demigod who creates the universe, even that, that, that much is attainable by these rituals, the Karmakanda promises. He says, even that, the highest thing that you can promise me, that's how much? 10 to the power 20. I calculate it. Even that, he says, it's too little. Whereas Americans would say, peanuts, it's peanuts. You are offering me peanuts. Then he goes on. Navittena tarpaniyo manushyo Lapsyamahe vittamadrakshma chetva Jeevishyamo yavadishishya sitvam Varastume varaniya saiva Man is not to be satisfied with wealth. now that we have met you we shall get wealth we shall live as long as you will rule but that boon that is worth praying for by me is that alone ajiketa goes on what about wealth big question being rich he is very categorical this is this wisdom we all hear this money does not make one happy ajiketa says that navittaniya tarpaniya manusha man is not human beings are not satiated by wealth this is something to worth thinking about wealth is necessary is is good makes for a comfortable life but that's it that's it after a certain point is no use being like scrooge you know accumulating more and more wealth which somebody else will enjoy somebody else will enjoy maybe not even your children and grandchildren maybe the government will take it away maybe somebody else will take it away 
what was the point of all that you know um, the, the suffering and, and the hard work and the tension for accumulating all of that which which can go in in a stock market crash um, which can be given to unworthy children who will dissipate it probably damage their lives more than do any good to them it can happen many generations we have seen many wealthy families uh, i know of in india parents and grandparents have worked hard to accumulate and grandchildren have just uh, dissipated the whole thing what good did it do them didn't do any good it actually harmed them all that wealth and so he says here Uh, human beings are not satisfied with wealth it, it cannot reach fulfillment through wealth man does not live by bread alone and so on now the next part is interesting he says just by the way um, all the studies psychological studies also show this that from poverty to certain amount of a decent standard of living wealth does increase happiness so if you have a place to stay a decent food to eat children educated Uh, health facilities basic health facilities all of that actually significantly increases your at least felt level of happiness but beyond that it becomes very fuzzy people always feel if i had a few thousand dollars more i would be much happier but actually when you try to see how much happiness they have after getting that money not much difference initially yes win the lottery very happy six months later six years later they find not much difference in from the baseline to this not much difference in happiness then he says nasiker is practical he is not denying the importance of money look what he says next and this boy is really cheeky he says anyway i know you so i have got friends in powerful place, uh, places and you are my friend so i am going to be wealthy i mean when i go back he has already made up that his mind is going to go back you're obviously going to send me with presents you give me a check or something like that i'll be very rich lapsyamahe vittam adrakshma chetva as we have seen you we have got your darshan and we're going to go back to earth obviously we will be wealthy we will do well we have had this great fortune of meeting you you will certainly bless me with with lot of money and you're talking about long life <laughs> look how mischievous he is we will live long i will live long why as long as you are in charge of the department of death you're my pal right you won't you're not going to kill me before my time so yavat ishishyas is as long as you rule over this department of death so these are departments in the hindu pantheon these are not permanent posts we can all become the lord of death or the lord of fire or whatever it is god of fire in the next cycle of the universe if you have got lots of good karma and if you don't get liberation lots of good karma you become a god in the next universe uh, but these are departments and so rachiketas is as long as you are in charge of this department it's like knowing the the, the boss or the minister or somebody who's in charge of something we'll be i'll be safe you're not going to kill me uh, right away right so uh, you are my friend so i'll have a long life and i'll have lots of money too so the importance of money is not being denied nobody denies it in, in india one of the forms in which you worship god is lakshmi who is also uh, the goddess of wealth uh, saraswati who is the goddess of learning one of the swamis we have who is in charge of a big educational institution he says every day i realize that lakshmi and saraswati go together they are sisters 
because you need grants and donations to run big institutes. I saw one of the biggest causes of you know, the excellence at Harvard in my experience was their endowment. You get the feeling there, if you stay there long enough, there is enormous wealth around. There's no display of that. Well, I mean, there is, but not much. But it's made possible by enormous wealth. Anything they want, I mean, the administrators, not anybody else, they can get. It was $40 billion. It's the largest endowment in the world at that time. Now I hear they're doing even better after the coronavirus thing. It's gone up to more than $50 billion. Imagine, university. With that much enormous amount of wealth. So you need Lakshmi for Saraswati. You need wealth for knowledge. And Najiketa is not saying no. He says it's good. If I'm going to be wealthy and comfortable, live a long life, I'm sure I will. But that's not the point. He says that's not the point. The only thing worth asking for is that self-knowledge. None of the rest. Nothing else. What you have offered me is worth asking for. It's a great lesson to us. It's a lesson we will learn at, if we learn it easily, listening to Nachiketa, good for us. Otherwise, through long and painful experience. There's a saying that in India, the best of people learn from teachings, from the teachings of their elders, from, uh, tech, from the texts. The middling level of people, they learn by watching others what experiences they're going through and they avoid those mistakes and do the right things. And the lowest category of people, they learn by kicks and blows. So if we don't learn either by watching people around us, what life is bringing them, you watch rich people, watch poor people, watch learned people, watch um, ordinary people, average people and see what is happening to their lives and know that we are also not different from them. We are not all that superior or better. Or uh, The same thing, what is happening to them will happen to them. Watch old people, watch sick people. What is happening to them will happen to us. You can't avoid it. You prepare. And the best of people, of course, they learn just by teaching. So someone like Nachiketa, he has understood all of this just by listening, you know, by his own uh, samskaras. So, varas tume varaniya saiva. That only one boon that is worth praying for, Atma Vidya, Atma Jnana. Then next goes on, 28. Ajiryatam amritanam upetya jiryan matya kvadhastha prajanan avidhyayan varnarati pramodan atidirghite jivite korameta Having reached the proximity of the undecaying immortals, what decaying mortal who dwells on this lower region, the earth, but knows of higher goals, will take delight in a long life while conscious of the worthlessness of music, the sport, and the joy thereof. What he's saying here is, look, I have seen you. I have seen the realm of the gods. How wonderful your life is. Why should I want, who, which foolish one, after seeing these things, will want things in the world? People of the world, they live such short lives. They live such miserable lives. What they pursue is inherently worthless. All those things, who will want? So one meaning of this, uh, those who are undecaying, amrita means immortal. 
undecaying immortals. One meaning is the gods, the gods of heaven. Shankaracharya also says that. But the deeper meaning is, of course, Yama himself is enlightened. He is a knower of Brahman. He knows that I am Brahman. He is enlightened. So that knowledge, having seen that knowledge, that meaning I am drawing out. But one direct meaning could be having seen the heavenly realms. Who cares about being uh, in, in on you know getting things on the on this mortal world? I don't care about that. But this heavenly realms also Nachiketa already has criticized. So it's not that he wants to go to heaven. He, he thinks I want to be a god like you. I want to be enlightened like you. In Christian theology, this is called holy envy. Envy is bad, but holy envy is good. You are envious of the spiritual status, stature of the great masters of the enlightened ones, the saints. I want to be like that. I remember feeling that when, when I would see a very revered monk. You know, Once I got this feeling, it was like envy. I want what you have. It's incredible. You have something which is not of this earth. Um, yesterday in the gospel class, I mentioned Swami Nirmuktanandaji, Upen Maharaj, you know, the one who said, Sri Ramakrishna caught hold of my hand and I was entering that ashram. Uh, who Swami Ranganathanji said, This is your last life, you will not come again. He used to go around on the, he used to be wheeled around on that little wheelchair of his in the monastery. He was more than 100 years old. He passed at the age of a um, uh, little over 100 years. Anyway. I still remember a monk whom I respect a lot, a senior to me, who is learned and a great worker and he's a founder of an ashram and so on and so forth. All, if you want to see measures of success of being a monk, he has ticked all the boxes. The HR department of the monastery would give a good report about him. I'm joking, there's nothing like that. But the monk, that monk told me, do you see that old Upen Maharaj on his wheelchair? You know, uh, he used these words. That old man, the very ground he walks upon, I consider myself fortunate to roll in the dust he walks upon. If I could have a fraction of the holiness he has. So this is that he's saying, having seen this, the glory of spiritual realization, God, literally God shining through your eyes, who would want these things in the world? What you are offering me? Jirian Matya, this aging, Jirian means aging, decaying bodies, old age, sickness, Matya, death. Kvadhastha, in this lower world. This lower world, because he's in heaven, from that perspective he's saying, in that lower world there. Who would want? Avidhyayan, having considered, having evaluated, Varnarati Pramoda. Here it means music. Here the, all the things which were offered. Music, sensual pleasures, and pramoda means delights. All kinds of delights. You know, like partying continuously. Having evaluated all of that and known the defects of all of this in this world. Ati dirghe jivite korameta. Which intelligent person would want even to live long? See, he's doing just the opposite. Yama is assuring him, don't worry about dying. You will live long. You'll die one day, but long life you will get. I bless you. I am the controller of death. He says, who wants to live long? What are you sentencing me to? This nasty little world with its poisons, with its uh, endless sorrows and afflictions. 
such a higher life, such a wonderful life is, is possible. By seeing you itself, I understand. Enlightenment is possible. God realization is possible. Who cares about living in this world? So, there's a saying that whom the gods love, they take young. Swami Vivekananda, 39, he used to say, I won't live to see 40. And he was perfectly happy with it. What's the point <laughs> living more than this? I've done what I want to do. So he says Nachiketa here. That's why you can see Vivekananda loved Nachiketa. He said again and again, he would praise the character of Nachiketa. Then he will repeat that question. We will see next time. He will again sum up his arguments like a good lawyer. Closing arguments, closing statement. He will say, therefore, back to that question. I want to know about the Atman, the nature of the self. Okay. Quickly. Gaurav says, problem is that true renunciation shown by Nachiketa is truly possible when one has Viveka, discrimination between real and unreal. The discrimination is truly possible when one rests in Atman. Truly possible, yes. It seems that Viveka, knowing what is self, not self, starts this path and everything else follows. Instead of focusing how much renunciation I have, I bring myself to Viveka and find that renunciation arises from Viveka, keeps me in sync with inner peace. Correct. I told you earlier also, the qualifications which are necessary for Vedanta, Viveka, the discernment of the eternal and the non-eternal, Vairagya, dispassion for worldliness, for the non-eternal, the disciplines, the sixfold treasures, Shamadama, and intense desire for freedom, Vamukshutta. But they are all causally connected. Causally connected, which means one depends on the earlier one. So if you complain, I don't have intense desire for freedom, then go back to the cultivation of the six treasures. I don't have those disciplines. I'm not a very disciplined person. Go back to intense dispassion for the world, Vairagya. But I don't have intense dispassion for the world. Go back to Viveka. The clear discernment. But I don't have the discernment. As Gaurav says, it's only possible when one rests on the Atman, when one realizes the Atman. Yes, ultimately. But before that, if you make that a condition, then Vedanta cannot start because we don't really know ourselves as the Atman. So before that, this discernment rests on study of Vedanta, uh, for on knowing that these things are possible, on, on looking in, at the lives of the enlightened persons, just like Nachiketa looks at Yama and is inspired. Such a life is possible. Um, a monk told us, you know, in our generation, their generation, they had such wonderful masters who taught them in the when they were novices. And he says, he said to me, while looking at these senior monks who taught us Vedanta, we used to feel, oh, by learning Vedanta, by becoming Vedantins, one can become like this. Such personalities, such wonderful life we can have. So we also must get this knowledge. Their life was an inspiration. So from that you get Viveka. I want that. I don't want anything else. They are uh, uh, causally connected. Rama says it feels, feels like a vicious circle. Exactly what I was saying. If you know yourself and can rest in Atman, renunciation could be a natural state. Yes. For knowing ourselves, very high level of renunciation is required. Yes. But not a vicious circle. Knowing about ourselves, it comes from all this. From the study of Vedanta, from looking at the lives of enlightened beings, from examining. That's why these verses are important. You might say, get impatient. We used to get impatient with Katha Upanishad. But look at the Mandukya Upanishad. How straight to the point and direct and powerful it is. 
and here is going on and on i don't want this i don't want that and yama is going on tempting him here take money take cars take um, children and grandchildren what is all this but this is important to understand the whole spiritual quest until this the weeds which lie in the ground of our mind until they are pulled out by the roots it will not work you may read the mandukya you may read the ashtavakra and be inspired but then you will complain it's not working why am i not able to be like ramana maharshi the difference lies here the real difference is what nachiketa points out this thing has to be cleared up first in our understanding are these things worth having why are they not worth having remember what i told you is very profound point about freeing your suffering from these limit freeing your ananda from these limitations we have made ananda conditional on these things notice it's a it's a hoax these things cannot give us bliss and yet we think these things in the worldly things other worldly things will give us bliss this confusion first has to be cleared up this will give us vivek so it's not vicious circle vivek is something that happens or can it be really cultivated it can be cultivated read the lives of the saints um read what nachiketa is saying consider what has happened in your own life and the lives of others wealthy people successful people um artistic people scientific people um, families family people all of them consider their lives and then think am i going to repeat the whole thing viveka will come that way we all have some level of viveka by the way if we didn't we wouldn't be here on a wednesday evening here there are 80 people they could be doing many more things so many entertainments are available like yama yama would have given us the whole list of tv channels and uh, you know broadway shows and what not is available go there don't come to the vedanta class well you like nachiketa have rejected all that and you have decided to come to the vedanta class so you have viveka and vairagya alpana says can how to get that final grace of god guru to flip over to the other side by effort keep on making the effort sri ramakrishna said grace of god comes through your in remember yesterday we read your intense prayer to god and practicing spiritual disciplines is like the wind of grace is always blowing raise the sail of your boat raising the sail of your boat is making that much effort punita says if one has reached this level of vivek won't he or she be choicelessly enlightened at some point the limit of vivek ultimately is the discernment between the eternal non eternal i am brahman satchidananda i am not body mind and the manobuddhi ahankara chittani naham uh, i am not the mind not the intellect not the ego not the memory uh, i am consciousness chidananda rupaha shivoham shivoham so that's the limit of discernment viveka but that's final that's enlightenment it results in enlightenment but we must start at whatever level of viveka we have prabir basu says where the upanishads there at the time nachiketa's time huh what is nachiketa's time to think about it see that's why you will see the traditional pandits never bother about was nachiketa historical or not and you know they will actually say no not historical so what 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 a stunning thing you are saying see if uh, it is uh, historical 
then there was a particular time when nachiketa was there then there's a then this upanishads and all they become within they become you know like within time according to traditional knowledge upanishads vedas are timeless it's not important so isn't it important for nachiketa to be there no the teaching is important the knowledge is important whether nachiketa was historical or not i remember we were sitting in a class conducted by ramananda saraswati a very great traditional master and uh, somebody asked about the historicity of the bhagavad gita and he said dhoonte raho hum humko to kuch lena dena nahi usse keep on searching that's a good research project for you i have nothing to do with such things it's not important this knowledge does it work for you in some of these texts you are actually talking about historical figures uh, and historical dialogues in some of these texts this is just a method of presenting the knowledge to you the knowledge is important geeta dev says nachiketa seems to be proving to yama that he is a proper adhikari for the higher knowledge he seeks correct he is proving his sadhan chatushtha his enquiry has been proved his dispassion vairagya has been proved his viveka has been proved that he can clearly distinguish between eternal and non eternal and vairagya he has complete dispassion in in fact contempt for um, i wouldn't say contempt because he knows the the value of all of that but he knows it perfectly well what they can do and they cannot do he is not at all moved by any of this what about the six fold yama niyama and uh, not yama niyama shama dama uparati titiksha those things he has demonstrated all of that when he waited for three days without food or drink in front of yama's door so all of that he has demonstrated tamikoshe says if nachiketa realizes his infinite self in some sense won't death be out of a job yes and death will be delighted might be this be the path why, reason why death tempts nachiketa with the worldly pleasures so that death can remain relevant no uh, because death is actually yama here is enlightened so he is most happy at the end of this upanishad he will say let there be more students like you i'm so delighted with you the divine mother there's a beautiful um, song about kali the divine mother is compared to a little girl flying kites and we are all these kites we are tied by the string of karma to our hand we are, we are completely helpless in our hand but she's flying the kites the little girl and this is actually a sight you see in india i mean uh, less now but i have seen it in my childhood little boys and girls flying kites now once in a while uh, the string of a kite gets cut and it floats away into the sky out of her reach and the song says the divine mother little girl she jumps in joy and claps her hands in delight look at that one float away but it's one in a million says the song and she's delighted when one escapes that's the purpose of the game of life for enlightenment and yaman himself at the end of this upanishad you will see he praises nachiketa highly and he says let us have more students like you nachiketa all right importance of satsang Import- yes absolutely um john anderson says could you please comment on the idea of the impermanence of the heavens nachiketa's decision versus the idea of the permanence of heaven in other traditions as in how would a permanent heaven idea have influenced nachiketa yes so there is a permanent heaven that is the theistic heavens of um, of the devotional religions 
So when somebody says, out of devotion to God, I will go and live forever in heaven, that's also a kind of mukti, freedom, because they will never be born on this earth. And it's not for partying in heaven, in all these things which um, Yama pr provided. No, it's to remain eternally in the presence of God. So that's a devotional heaven. That's the heaven of, say, Christianity. That's the heaven of uh, Islam, Judaism. That's the heaven of uh, Vaishnavism, uh, Shaktaism. You know, like Devi Loka um, or uh, uh, Shaivism, Kailasha, uh, the pure land of the Buddha. So you are free, but you retain your individuality. You do not merge into the infinite. You remain in a devotional relationship with God. Vedanta calls that Brahma Loka. Vedanta calls that Brahma Loka. What Vedanta calls Brahma Loka is the devotional heaven of the religions. Though that heaven is spiritual. That heaven is spiritual. But higher than that is what Najiketa is asking. Najiketa is asking for infinitude right here, right now. That heaven is still lower because there you retain a relationship with Saguna Brahman. You are a liberated jiva living in an eternal, loving, devotional relationship with, with God in the form that you love, in the form, in, you know, with Shiva, Vishnu, with Durga, Kali, whatever it is. Uh, so that is the idea of heaven, a permanent heaven in the dualistic religions, in the theistic religions. And that's there in Hinduism also. And that's a laudable goal, but still lower than what Nachiketa is asking. Rodrigo says, Yama was appointed the position was the first to die. Yes, there is truth. No, no, that's the story. Yes. So that's part of the story. Patrick says, what were Shankar's comments on Nachiketa's talking about being wealthy and having a long life? Um, I don't think he commented much about it. He just says, Nachiketa here means that uh, um, in any case, I'm going to be wealthy enough and live a long life because I know you and we've met. That's all. doesn't comment much about it. And by the way, suicide is not what is meant by who wants to live here for a long time. Because if one commits suicide, one comes back here again. You're just prolonging your suffering. The only way to get out of this is uh, spirituality, not uh, by killing oneself. Yes, Pranav points out, Bharat Ek Koj. I remember watching it as a kid in, um, on TV. And the episode where, episode 10, Nachiketa's story was narrated very beautifully. And somebody says, lottery winners have a very high, uh, higher suicide rate. I didn't know that. That's terrible. I was wondering why would Nachiketa ask for the first two boons that he did? Are they just a teaching device to show the evolution from Karmakanda to Jnanakanda? Yes, that's one of the meanings, definitely. Nivedita says, Ramakrishna had to make so much effort to see the Divine Mother. What hope is there for us? Uh, Sri Ramakrishna says, I have done all 16 paths. You have to do only one, one sixteenth of what I have done. He says this. He has shown everything possible in the path of sadhana, as much as possible to show. And a variety of realizations. Neither do we have to go through so, so much of uh, suffering and hard work, but nor also we will get so many types of realization. We just need one. The example of the little ant who saw a mountain of sugar and he dragged one grain of it with great difficulty to its hole and looked back. I'm going to come back and take the whole mountain. Not necessary. That one little grain, it fill its stomach. Realize Brahman in whatever way you are free and that's all you need. You don't have to be Sri Ramakrishna, nor do you have to, I'm very clear, nor do you have to put forth all that effort. 
Uh, Rodrigo says, you can, you say that enlightenment is an experience that denies all prior experiences as false. Um, no, it shows you the truth behind all experiences. It shows you that the names and forms are appearances and there's an underlying reality. All prior experiences were a mixture of that reality and name and form. Good. Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Tat Sat Shri Ram Krishna Paramahansa